Good morning. It's Wednesday, July 6th. I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. The suspected gunman in the 4th of July parade shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, now faces seven counts of first-degree murder. If convicted, he would face a mandatory life sentence without possibility of parole. Investigators say he planned the attack several weeks in advance. And there's new information about previous run-ins with police. Chris Cavelli of the Lake County Major Crime Task Force revealed a 2019 incident— A family member said the suspect said he would, quote, kill everyone. The police responded to his residence. The police removed 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. But he wasn't taken into custody. At that time, there was no probable cause to arrest. There were no complaints that were signed by any of the victims. The Highland Park Police Department, however, did immediately notify the Illinois State Police of the incident. This is raising questions about why he was able to legally buy multiple guns. The local prosecutor says that Illinois red flag laws require a family member or someone who knows the subject to bring a complaint to court. The Illinois State Police say no one was willing to move forward on a complaint at that time. We're also learning more about the victims and the family members they left behind. One of the most disturbing images from the parade scene was of a toddler, two years old, Alone, not shot, but covered in blood. People shared pictures of him on social media looking for his parents. We now know that Kevin and Irina McCarthy were both killed in the shooting. The boy's grandfather told the Chicago Sun-Times that Kevin held his son under his body during the shooting, saving his life. Ukrainian officials report heavy Russian shelling and troop movements targeting the Donetsk region. These new attacks come just after Russia declared victory in the nearby province of Luhansk. Moscow is pushing to get more of Ukraine's east and south under its control. The Kremlin is milking the capture of Luhansk as a propaganda victory. But military analysts point out to Reuters progress was slow and it came at a high cost. Russia had to spend two months using extensive military force to take this eastern province. This is a far smaller victory than Russia wanted when it first invaded. The latest fighting took a toll on troops, something even Vladimir Putin admitted in his victory message. He told soldiers to rest for future battles. The long fight gave Ukraine time to fortify positions further inside its country and move troops. We're seeing the contrast between two very different militaries. Gustav Gressel is a defense analyst at the European Council on Foreign Relations. He told Deutsche Welle that Ukraine has plenty of troops, but it's still outgunned. They lack tanks and they're short of artillery. Russia, on the other hand, has plenty of firepower, but they're lacking the soldiers. That's why for them it was so hard to take cities like Severodonetsk, where they need to send infantry into the buildings to clear them, which is difficult for them. But the slow pace of Russia's advance could change things. The West is giving Ukraine advanced rocket and artillery systems. And more time means it has more firepower to hit back against Russian forces. 
That's the military situation. But it's important to remember what things are like on the ground for civilians who are caught in the middle. Al Jazeera has reporting on what daily life is like for Ukrainians living in areas that are now under Russian control. Many Ukrainians don't have power and water because of damage from the war. Ukrainian officials say more than a million Ukrainians have been, quote, deported to Russia. Al Jazeera reports this is part of a Russian strategy to repopulate areas of Russia with low birth rates. Russian troops are already under investigation for war crimes across the country. Now, as they move into this region in Luhansk, people are reporting widespread abuse and theft. One local said that he felt lucky because soldiers didn't beat him, they only took his food. The war in Ukraine is one reason that global currency markets are going haywire right now. The euro has hit some of its lowest levels since its creation just over two decades ago. But the story is bigger than Europe. Other currencies are also lower, largely because the U.S. dollar is sky high right now. CNBC takes a look at two key factors driving this. One is that a lot of investors are worried about the future war in Europe, and the possible recession. And when that happens, traders tend to buy up what are called haven assets. And the U.S. dollar has long been seen as one of the safest havens around. Another big factor pushing up the dollar is the Federal Reserve. It's been steadily raising interest rates and promising to keep at it. As rates rise, U.S. bonds become more attractive to foreign investors. And to invest in U.S. assets, they need U.S. dollars. That increased demand pumps up the dollar. This is economics you can feel. If you're traveling to Europe this summer, you might even benefit from it. For once, the five euro glass of wine is a five dollar glass of wine, not seven bucks like it's been in the past. Someday, we'll be telling our kids or our grandkids that we lived through the great pickleball craze of the 2020s. That's the best way to describe the way that the sport has caught on in the past few years. It's a mix of tennis, table tennis, and badminton. Millions of Americans are getting into it because it's a simple game, it's fun, and it's easy on the joints. And now, some people smell money. It's the Wild West, and entrepreneurs have come in seeing ways to profit off of this just wild interest in pickleball that really did not exist five years ago. Sports Illustrated writer John Walters told us about the rush to cash in on all this attention. There are now 350-plus pickleball paddle manufacturers in the United States alone. Pickleball-themed restaurants and eateries that operate somewhat like Top Golf does. Come over here, get some food, get some beer, maybe it's a business occasion, and play pickleball. This is one of those stories where you'll be surprised by how deep it goes. Walters writes about the competition between people who are trying to professionalize the sport, a dramatic vote to oust the president of the International Federation of Pickleball, which is a thing, and yes, there is some chatter about whether pickleball can or should become an Olympic sport. But Walters told us he's a little worried that people are losing sight of the simple joy of the game. 
Pickleball is usually played in doubles. It's four people standing in relatively close proximity, doing something athletic, laughing a lot, not taking any of it too seriously. The problem is once folks start trying to regulate it and start trying to organize it and really just forget, it's a game. It should be a fun game. This article is worth reading, not just for the unexpected pickleball drama, but also for Walter's really descriptive language. He writes, much like crypto, the revenues are either ephemeral or invisible at the moment, but the sharks have arrived. You can read the whole story on the Apple News app. And when you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. I'll talk with you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.